1: Everybody, and welcome to the Crit Show. Rev here, and I am joined at the table by
3: Tass. Hello. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm Megan.
1: Uh, and this is an actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week and other powered by the Apocalypse games. But today, we are here for a different purpose. We are joined by a special guest, the lead designer and co creator of of Divination, Matthew Munez. Welcome! Hi, thanks for having me. Can't wait to play a game with you guys. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Divination. Well, Divination
4: is the culmination of three of my main interests of life. One of them is tarot, which has been like a teenage fantasy and sort of something that lit my imagination up in my goth 90s youth. And role-playing games, which are something of a familial legacy. I found my parents' DD basic set and their polyhedral dice when I was a kid, and I just could not get my head out of how cool that was. And theater, um, which I joined as an adult and sort of learned what makes a story a story, how molecules of story work and how characters work and um, what's fun and interesting about them. And so um, I was part of a theater company that had a relationship with a popular gaming company, And we made some escape rooms together and um, did a bunch of fun stuff and it kind of put my head in the thought that like there's nothing stopping me from making a game for the same reasons that i might make a play or a musical or something like that so i set about crafting this rpg that would use tarot uh, to do everything that tarot based games tend to do which is generate narrative but to make this one step further and make it tarot driven in that You use Tarot to do everything in this game. It's the setting, it's the narrative elements, but it's also the D20. It's everything you get out of dice uh, for pure mechanical tests. So that's how Dimination has come to be. We're in um, fourth year of development. It's been working for a really long time. Tons of mechanics have been written and rewritten, and it's turned into a large-scale game somehow. Despite um, every interest I had in once upon a time making a very slim game, it has become a comprehensive, (laughs) full-scale, (laughs) campaign-based
1: game. Uh, So I'm excited to share it with you guys today. All right, well, I think let's just get right into the character creation
4: then. Cool. So, our story will exist in the modern world. It'll be informed by what all of you as players know about our world. Behind the reality of that world is something bigger. The promise of enlightenment, the promise of power, the sparkle of something strange and unusual, esoteric, enormous... And it's possible that our hero will come into contact with that. But before we begin, I want you to think about how our story will be in the present day and how you have permission to create yourselves and to create our hero with everything you know about the modern day. All the images of our pop culture, all the things that you may have experienced in life, they're all fair game to draw into this experience. Now, Divination is a little different from most other role-playing games in that the four of you will be sharing control of a single character, the hero of our story. Each of each each of you will embody a different aspect of this person based on archetypes of the tarot. And that means our character creation is a little different from other games too. It's a collaboration. In order to truly share ownership of this hero, we have to build them together. So we'll draw cards to guide that and we'll tell stories together to discover who each of you is individually and who you are collectively as this hero. Our first section is the early life of our hero. Let's take a minute and find out what you are. The playable options for divination are the aspect of the fool, who is the hero's sense of humor and curiosity, a young spirit with fresh eyes, optimism, joy, courage, and naivete. The magician, who is the hero's ambition, a brilliant mind representing creativity, action, mastery, and decisive force. The aspect of the high priestess, who is the hero's conscience, a mysterious figure representing divine law, intuition, insight, and secrets. The aspect of the empress, The hero's love, a young and beautiful figure representing life, love, abundance, celebration, and community. The aspect of the emperor, who is the hero's power. An aged figure representing domination, protection, legacy, guardianship, and power. Or the hierophant, who is the hero's sense of service. A figure devoted to improving the world through the ideals of a formal or informal institution.
1: I will be playing the magician. Uh, And my agenda is to achieve greatness, to change the world, to pursue those goals with swift and decisive action, to craft a plan and enact it, to cultivate amazing abilities.
3: And I will be playing the Hierophant, whose agendas are to serve your institution, to consider how you may use your institution to do the most good, to become wise, and to use your wisdom to lead your people.
2: I will be the Empress, to foster love, To promote peaceful life, to unite your community, to celebrate beauty and joy.
0: And I will be playing the fool. My agendas are to learn and grow, to explore the world, to make new friends, to troll the haters, and to laugh and create joy.
4: Let's learn a little bit about what created you, about what formed you. To do that, we're going to tell stories. Uh, The best way these work is if you seize on some details of what might happen, and we'll give you prompts in order to make that an easy process. The first story that we're going to tell takes place in the hero's early life, while you were still just an idea inside the mind getting a sense of what it is you might turn into, what it is you might want, what it is you might become. Early on, you encountered something that made you terrified, a deep and terrible fear, something that changed the way you see the world, and either brought you to new conclusions about its nature, perhaps new skills to deal with the threats you might face, or left you with scars that you uh, continue to hold to this day. Our first question, will name you the throne of swords. In swords, in tarot, swords are the suit of the mind, analogous to air. The way air moves and cuts through the world is the way the mind can move and cut through its problems. If you are good at the suit of swords in divination, it means that you're good at skill tests that include perception, machination, discretion, tests of the mind, tests of plans, and tests of cleverness. So if you seize upon this story and tell it, You'll be innately a little better at that, although everyone will still have the ability to use those tactics. You will be the throne of swords, a little bit more in control of the mind.
1: As we make this decision, can you describe to us a little bit about what swords, pentacles, cups, and wands do for us in the greater play of the game? Sure.
4: Generally, the game is played through tests. The three skills that are in the swords quadrant, perception, machination, and discretion, can be tested at any time, and if you're plus one in swords is applicable because you're in charge of the hero at the time that test comes up. You'll be better at those things. Likewise, wands is the suit of the body and of energy and of goal-making and attainment. Um, Those skills are sort of oriented around survival and letting your energy shine out and lead others. Uh, Cups is about emotions and desire and control Those skills are about relating to others and expressing things to them or controlling your own emotions. And Pentacles is about how you interface with the world. It represents your ability to do things that require technical training or maybe just your resources as a fortunate person. So let's get a prompt from our lesser deck, which is all the cards in tarot numbered ace to 10. I'm going to use this method uh, to draw these here over video chat. Uh, Rev, if you'd be so kind to say stop anytime. Ready?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stop.
4: We have the Seven of Wands, surrounded by danger on all sides. This card depicts a character um, scrambling through a thicket while trying to evade a smoky tendril, chasing them through it. It's a card of being able to overcome obstacles. It's a card of being able to face many and still come out on top. Does this help anybody think of a story early in the hero's life where they might have had something, an experience that reminds them of this, and it terrified them? Taught them something special indeed.
1: Seeing that image, it makes me think of a time where, as a young child going out into what felt like a small wooded area in the backyard, but ended up being much larger and much more real in the darkness, and finding things in the area to create and build a place of safety and structure against those kind of unseen, unknown, unimaginable things out there in the wooded area of the darkness to you know create a spot that felt safe and protected and lit.
4: Very cool. Um, like a treehouse? Like a bonfire? Like just a secluded special area? What form does this special place take? I think a treehouse. Industrious kid. I love it. Let's open the story <laughs> up to everybody. Let's talk about the things that surround this. In divination, everything you say and share about the hero from this point is true. Uh, you know it's true because you feel it in your heart, and we're all going to say yes in the spirit of theater uh, to each other's good ideas. If we hit anything wrong, we got X arms for that. But let's talk about details about this backyard, about the treehouse, about what we built, about what our negligent parents must have been like, or did they help?
0: I think it's not like a regular treehouse, like you would think of it being up in the branches. I think it is more like a den, it is in the overgrown roots of this big tree that mm-hmm. kind of created this natural hideaway place that as a kid they grabbed more branches and leaves and kind of created almost like a an entrance to this safe place
1: i
4: love the idea that you might like nest under it that it's kind of a hideaway that way first what do you add on to it to make it your own
2: i'm imagining bringing posters from their bedroom like without having the understanding that they won't survive in nature that they like brought posters and brought just some of their toys and things to like Mm. pin to the tree and put in the roots and over time they weathered but it's not like they were destroyed it's just like they've got a new character because of the new place that they have in the world
4: love that did our parents help how did they feel about this little space under the tree were they approving disapproving
3: i think they were supportive i think that there was a measure of helping manipulate this to help build it that was a teaching moment and I'm getting this idea that this kid liked learning it and understood it and so they brought in friends to teach them what they just learned to make it better to make it sturdier to um, get that joy of building this thing together and and helping others learn how to do that for themselves as well
4: now let's talk for a minute about what scared us into making that space. What did that feel like?
2: I think it was going out in the woods. Like, the woods are a place to play in the daytime, and as it got dark, they got scary, particularly the sounds overhead. Like, that's why we didn't climb up a tree for safety. We went under a tree for safety, because the sounds in the branches, we weren't sure what they were. And once it got dark and we couldn't see up there, that was the scariest part of the woods.
4: Love it. So it gave you a way to... Um Like, put some friendly walls up around you, and and what did you do about the sounds once the place was uh, decorated the way you wanted it?
2: Uh, Observed. Oh, I love that. Now that I had a safe place where I didn't think whatever it was could get me, I wanted to see what it was. Uh, So I think that it's finding the den, getting it kitted out, uh, and then this kid would hide down there and look up at the branches where they didn't think that they could be seen in return to try and figure out what it was that was so scary up there that they wanted to make the unknown known i love that the
4: way of dealing with it wasn't to like silence it or drown it out but to just reframe the way you interact with it that's cool that's a story we have a story about a young person who took their backyard and loved it in the daytime and found it terrifying by nighttime but found a way to make a little den in it, a little safe place take a minute and think about how that fits your agendas think about how that influenced you it began to shape you it made you something and it made rev amid your magician, the throne of swords. As the throne of swords, you're going to be a little better at the skills of perception, machination, and discretion. I'd like to draw your attention to the hero sheet and its four quadrants. You get a few gifts as the throne of swords. The throne of swords is the master of the mind, and as such, you're going to get plus 1 in your suits stat, your sword suit stat, which is on the reverse side of your aspect sheet on the top in the small diamond. There's a little space for each of the suits in tarot, and you get a plus one in swords. Okay. You also get the benefit of training any skill on the hero sheet so that the hero is better at that particular skill. It need not be in your quadrant of swords. It can be in any quadrant and be any of those 12 skills. Just as a point of distinction, everything on your aspect sheet is about you, the individual within the individual, the part of the mind. And everything on the hero sheet is like the car that you all take turns driving. Augmenting the car means better results for all of you. And augmenting yourself means better results
1: for you. I feel like it's got to be craft. Construct, deconstruct, repair, or understand the workings of material items. So on the hero sheet, I've put a check
4: under craft. And I've put your name on the line for throne of swords. Rev, you have two choices you can opt to make or you may skip in order to specialize your character a little more deeply. You can mark minus one in one of your other offsuit stats, not swords, and train another skill on the hero sheet in order to make them even more useful to the group. Or you can mark minus one in two of your other offsuit stats and then make that plus one you have in swords a plus two, making you sort of an expert at those things. Or you can skip either of those options.
1: Yeah, I think I will take a minus one in wands, because I feel like the story that we all told there, that the way that they dealt with that fear by observing, so I think I would check perception as the other skill.
4: So now on the hero sheet, we have two skills checked, craft and perception. When any of you are using the hero and that skill is tested, you'll get a little bit extra benefit from that. All right, let's move on to part two, the adolescent years of our hero. And by that, I mean the years after your early childhood, and leading up to, let's say, the end of high school. You can make this story at any point after the previous, but before you are legally responsible for the full sum of your actions. (laughs) As you grew, you began to express an identity. You began to have things. You began to be things. You move from a color, or a smell, or an idea, into something that wears the things you see on the outside, the characters, the shapes, the colors, the ideas, the family members, the experiences. You become more refined. On the back side of your aspect sheet are a series of prompts. Let's take a little quiet time to fill those in together. Think about what we've already experienced. Think about the formative fear and the way you reacted to it and the skills you learned. Think about the agendas that you read for yourself. The answers to these are purely to help you understand the aspect that you're going to play and the hero whose life you're creating. They're all a little different for everyone. Everyone has some version of a nature, some version of a private space, some version of detail questions that ask you about your specific
1: nature as an aspect. Let's take a minute and go around and read these. My nature, uh, as you grew, you discovered the society of the outside. To find the greatness for which you're destined, you cultivated, and I chose creativity. Uh, You learned to make amazing things to demonstrate your skill and mind. My private space, the outside world is full of goals and interests, but that world is solid. Yours is not. Your private space reflects your friendships, interests, and passions. What does yours consist of? Um, And mine is what I've called root house. It is like a grown-up version of that tree house that we built as a child. You step inside of these large roots, and it takes you to other rooms, and the other rooms are laboratories and art spaces and a garage. It's just all the different creative and kind of constructive and craft areas that I have come to to love and embrace. My table, somewhere in your private space, is a private, powerful area. It and its contents may appear as anything, but always has some form of sword, wand, cup, and pentacle, symbolizing your mastery of the elements of the world. What is your table? Um, And my table presents as uh, the Bat Computer. It is an enormous computer with multiple screens to store different ideas and put different blueprints and watch different how-to videos. Just all of the things of trying to build, trying to construct um, are capable with that table. My appearance, in the outside world, you always look the same. In the realm of the mind, you look however you want and can change your appearance freely. How do you appear to your fellow aspects most often? The magician looks like a very fancy steampunk man made of gears and cogs, but he has got three large light bulbs, one in his gut, one where his heart would be, and then one as his head. Um, the one in the gut is... The second largest, the one in the heart is the smallest, and the one at the head is his entire head, so it is the largest. But all three of those pulse with light and get brighter as he focuses on, you know, which of those three places he's looking to for an answer. Your existential ambition. Your very being is defined by what you want for yourself and the world. Perhaps even something so huge it's unattainable. What is your existential ambition? And my existential ambition is to answer all questions and to solve all mysteries. Huge. I love it. A
4: lightbulb man made of gears with an infinite root house full of creative workshops. What a great magician. I love it. Tass, will you tell us about your Hierophant?
3: For my nature, uh, as you emerged from your private space, you discovered the people of the outside and considered how you would best serve them. I went with mentorship. You teach and guide others with patience and thoughtfulness. For my private space, the outside is full of people to serve and knowledge to find, but your private space reflects your ideals, passions, and the world you know. What does it consist of? I went with a tool shed full of equipment with walls completely lined with instruction manuals and I also have my symbol at some point you began to see an image over and over and knew that it was a message from the world or from the divine a calling to serve what was the symbol and I went with a like a math compass like something that's a tool for use, obviously, but also is commonly associated with teaching and and used to, um, you know, to to learn and discover. I have an institutional ideal. As you grew, your path led to an ideal that you knew was right for you. Part of your life is finding or serving an institution that shares that ideal. Uh, I chose a school. Learning is the infinite miracle, and to pass on knowledge is divine. And lastly, my appearance in the outside world, you always look the same. In the realm of the mind, you look however you want and can change your appearance freely. How do you appear to your fellow aspects most often? I think it's a little, a little bit amorphous in that you look at this form and it's hard to tell if it's more professorial or more like someone working in a shop, like almost like a shop teacher, that there's that idea of. A person that's ready to teach but they're also just a little grimy like in some cases there's that like a leather apron on or the sleeves rolled up but then it's hard to look past the kind of prim proper clothes that someone would want to present as you know a teaching figure
4: love it a hierophant not afraid to get his hands dirty
3: exactly
4: jake will you tell us about your empress
2: My nature. As you emerged from your private space, you discovered the people of the outside and found much to love about them. You primarily bonded with them through, uh, I chose beauty. You found it in any forms you like, physical, vocal, spiritual, emotional. Uh, For your private space. In the beginning, your world was natural and vibrant and completely in balance. It may have taken you a long time to discover the outside world, because your private one was so rich and alive in a way that no other aspects is. What is your private space like? Uh, It is a gallery of works of beauty, the art of great masters, the art of loved ones, roses, symphonies, laughter, and sunlight. Love it. Your celebration. As you grew, you found a great source of joy in a group activity you participate in with your friends and family. What was the nature of that celebration? How does it carry over into your private space? Uh, It was movie nights, at home with family and at the theater with friends. Um, so there is a projector always showing on one of the walls of the gallery, rotating between films and memories. And your appearance in the outside world, you always look the same in the realm of the mind. You look however you want and can change your appearance freely. How do you appear to your fellow aspects most? How do you appear to your fellow aspects most often? Uh, as a string quartet, uh, the instruments dancing in the air, always moving, not always playing, and the sound emitting from them, Uh, including any instrument, uh, anything you might want to hear in a composition. Began, will you tell us about your fool?
0: My nature. As you grew, you heard so much laughter on the outside. There were many other kids like you, and everyone was laughing. In response, you became quiet and went with funny. That laughter was the best sound ever, so you found ways to ignite it. Uh, Your private space. The outside world is full of surprises and amazements, but that world is solid, and yours is not. Your private space reflects and symbolizes your friendships, interests, and passions. What does yours consist of? Uh, so, my, my private space is an abandoned burger joint, <laughs> 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 where I think um, the hero kind of got into being in a band uh, as they got a little older, and uh, them and their friends would get together at this burger joint at this burger joint to play, and so. The menu board is like rotates between like whoever their favorite like songs and artists are at the moment. Just the letters spell them out, um, and the walls are decorated in photos of them and their friends, uh, as well as the decrepit posters that were in the treehouse. And then each of the different booths in the burger joint are kind of themed around different aspects from their life growing up that they like. Met a lot of friends and kind of developed passions for things like summer camp or, you know, groups they did at school, model car club, (laughs) things like that are just kind of like represented in these spaces. Your cliff at the edge of your private space is a dangerous area. It is yours and is created by your fears and the fears of the world. It may appear as anything, but might be something like a mountainous cliff's edge. Despite the danger of this place, you take pleasure spending time there. What is your cliff? I think it's the roof of the burger joint. And it is a space where past a certain line, gravity ceases. And so I think that kind of plays into like a fear of heights, maybe stemming from hearing those noises from the trees above uh, as a kid and not really knowing what is up there and what is above you at any point. So the thought of, you know, you or whatever you have could just kind of float away and keep going up, not really having a roof. Um, but spending time there sometimes just to enjoy like throwing things into that space and watching them float around your companion. At some point, your innocence and loyalty manifested as a companion who lives here with you in the mind, a symbol of your desire to engage with the world. What is the name and nature of your companion? So my companion is a kite string with like, just like the tail of a kite uh, with the flags on it. Uh, And its name is hops because it was originally attached to a little frog kite uh, that the hero played with as a kid that uh, got tangled up with somebody else's kite and that's how they met their first best friend. Aww. So the kite is no longer there, but the the flag string kind of flowed around in the wind as if they were still attached to something uh, and just kind of move around. Uh, and your appearance. In the outside world, you always look the same. In the realm of the mind, you look however you want and can change your appearance freely. How do you appear to your fellow aspects most often? So I appear as a collection of bubbles that seem to originate from the center. uh, And so they're kind of always forming. But as they reach the outside, they pop. So I don't really change volume very much. It's just kind of a constant flow. Uh, And as bubbles pop is kind of my way of communicating with the other aspects. So if I were to say something, if they were to hear my voice, it would be like... And then my voice would come out. (laughs) Oh, nice.
4: (laughs) I love it. Our next section takes place in the years, as I said, up until the end of high school. And whoever starts this story will be the throne of wands and a little better at the skills of vitality, force, and leadership. Wands is the suit of fire. It's the suit of energy. It's about goal-making and attainment and power. So... To give some detail to the story, I would love a story about a moment in this period of your life where you learned that you had a special aptitude. Not necessarily something supernatural, but a gift. Something that set you apart gave you a little extra skill. To get some detail on that, uh, Megan, would you do this one for me? And just say stop at any time?
0: Yeah, stop.
4: The Five of Swords. The Five of Swords is a complicated card. It's about getting what you want. It is the smirking victor he has somebody else's swords but in the distance there is another person with a sword who may stab you in the back the way you stabbed whoever you had to stab in the back to get what you wanted it's about strategy and tactics but also about paying the price of the choices that you make did this help lead us in any way to a newfound gift a strength something that made us special the only person who can't answer is rev because you're already enthroned as the throne of swords so you other three does this spark a story
0: yeah i think this was In kind of the early teen years uh, and the hero and their friends were somewhere they shouldn't have been (laughs) trespassing exploring somewhere uh, and they got caught and the hero discovered that they had quite the knack for like charming and talking their way through a situation being able to pick up on something that would maybe interest the other person or uh inspire conversation to have them treat them more favorably
4: Hmm. the gift of fast talking or the gift of a sincere face or maybe a little of all the above
0: yeah like they could just pick up on maybe something that they were wearing or the way they spoke and equate that to something in their life that they could initiate a conversation
4: i love that everybody let's add details to this story we had an incident where we got caught somewhere we weren't supposed to be I seem to sense that we have an affection for abandoned places, or at least the fool does. So where was this? What did we do to get out of that? And did we make any did we make a lasting connection with a law enforcement officer, or did we just talk our way out of that and slip away? What became of that moment?
3: I definitely think that the place that was broken into was some sort of broken down old factory, like somewhere that they wanted to go in and see how it all worked you know put pieces together maybe not exactly learn but just get that experience of what it would be like in a place of industry that is gone by the wayside
4: i love it
1: were we there with friends do we have a close friend there were we just there solo do we put this on our website what do we do with this i feel like we were there with a friend but a friend who is that opposite side of the coin that we are like they were not terribly interested in any of this other than the idea of being someplace that we shouldn't be so they did not have the interest in like oh how does this work they had the interest in like i can kick this over and break it this is fun
3: we were the exploring friend they were the parkour friend yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) everybody needs a parkour friend
3: yeah yeah uh
4: what was our parkour friend's name gavin gavin love it thank you I'm making an NPC card. As we go through character creation, we might make NPCs. As we do, no pressure. Uh, I'll make cards for them and put them on our table so that they remember. we remember that they're part of our story. Throughout character creation, if they become important with us, we might add bonds to them, and then they'll start our story with us. But for now, we just know we got a Gavin in our life. So, we found a strength for charm. Gavin is some, something of a uh, parkour friend, somebody able to actually get us in places, but we're good at talking our way out of places. Um, anything else that we want to add about this story? Anything else that it made you feel as individual aspects, things that you got out of this experience?
2: Um, I think that we discovered that the cop who caught us is the parent of a classmate and like not someone that we are especially close with or anything, but just we made that connection in interacting with them and it's part of the reason that we got away with it. Was just because we went to school with that cop's kid, and like they were like, "Okay, I'll cut you some slack." <laughs> and the nature of the relationship from then on was just like at the end of the school day when people are waiting for rides. If we ever saw him again, he'd give us a nod or a wave, and we'd give him a wave, and like that was it. It didn't at all increase our relationship with the child, mm. or <laughs> really perpetuate any su- any sort of relationship with the cop, but just. A perpetual acknowledgement between us whenever we encountered each other again.
1: Yeah. And I feel like there was some, to us, imperceptible act of kindness, but like to a parent, like two kids coming out of school one day and their son trips and we picked up their bag and handed it to them. And that's kind of the moment that they saw when they caught us something that like a reason why they went, this kid's not terrible. Yeah. That it wasn't something, it wasn't like, no, they stood up for him, for the bully, but it was just a small act of kindness. Yeah. Perceived by a parent.
2: Hmm.
4: Uh, I love that. I think this officer is interesting. What is this officer? Like, what did you call him? Officer something? What was, uh, can somebody give me a name for this character? Officer Danbury. Danbury. Thank you. You told this story, Megan. That enthrones you as the throne of wands. Okay. You get some gifts for that. As before... You get a plus one in your wands suit stat on the opposite side of your ba- of your aspect sheet. That's at the top in the little diamond where you have a little place to write uh, numbers in the four suits, that little diamond. In addition to your plus one in wands, like the throne of swords, this is the last time this option gets to hit the table. You'll get the option to mark a skill as trained from the hero sheet. That's any skill from any quadrant, doesn't have to necessarily be from wands.
0: Feel like it's got to be composure from cups. Remain focused, stable, and controlled in the face of extreme circumstances.
4: Makes sense to me. Perfect. So you've got your plus one in wands. You've got a skill as trained. The other throned aspects in cup and pentacles will get different gifts for different sorts of powers. So that's it for what we'll start our story trained with. You have these optional choices to specialize yourself more deeply, but you may by- bypass them entirely if you want. You can mark minus one. In one of your offsuit stats, not Wands, and everybody will start the game with six Psyche instead of five. Psyche is the fuel for your powers. Or you could put minus one in two of your offsuits and start Wands with plus two, making you extra good at those three skills vitality, force, and leadership.
0: I think I'll take a negative one in Pentacles and do the plus one to Psyche.
4: Great. Our third section is about connections. As your life grew on the outside world, you became more detailed. You became more interconnected, not just with new people and friends, and people you meet, but with each other. A new space forms, that joins your spaces. A shared space, a place from which you can control the hero in turns, or even together, to do your best. A place where you can discuss what you're experiencing in the outside world, plan, and take time to think. A shared space has four elements. And we can create these in any order, as you are inspired. We're just going to call them out if you feel them. The shared space is a space itself. This could be a crossroads, or a map, or a giant board game, or a drive-in movie theater. Just a place. Anything. Doesn't matter. It has an emblem of control, a way of seeing who is actively in control of the hero at any one time, or who is sharing control if you're sharing. It has a viewing, a way of interpreting the world that in no way need be literal. In the past, this has been interpreting the world through smoke rising from a campfire or by images moving as if on a giant video game screen. And then lastly, there are gateways, ways of connecting to each of your private spaces that lead here. Is anyone inspired in such a way that they know what the nature of this room might be, this shared space between all of you?
0: I'm willing to go with something else if anybody has an idea, but the thing that popped into my head was like a big photo booth, like at the mall.
4: Huge photo booth? (laughs) Or is it just that size and there's enough space for all of you? How does it work?
0: Yeah, I don't think we all have to cram <laughs> cram in there. It's kind of like that's the the setup and the vibe inside, but there it's just a little extra wide for a bigger group to get in.
4: I love it. How do you know who's in control at any one time?
2: Their photo comes out of the machine.
4: How do you interpret the world outside the hero in this space?
2: I'm picturing either that like... The screen that you see yourself on before you take the photo is instead showing us the outside world, or that up on the screen pop like here are the photos you took in your options, but they are like snapshots of what's going on in order like a picture book.
0: Oh yeah, like uh, the like you can do different borders and stuff, but instead of like <laughs> the different like stickers and borders that you could put on the photo, it's this is what's happening like out the place out and there. Yeah, a so we snapshot of it. A... Scroll uh, through them. I like that.
4: That's hilarious. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And lastly. Uh, how do you leave or enter this place to get to your private space? Is it as simple, simple as just leaving the booth?
1: I think it's, you know, we talked about how um, the image drops down of like who's in charge. We also have the images of what is on the screen is the outside world. I feel like it's like hitting the coin return. Like you hit the coin return if you want to leave and like your, your quote unquote coin comes out and when you pick it up, you vanish. <laughs> I love it. That's where you all come together. That's where the four of you become siblings
4: in your effort of leading a human through the world. In this section, we'll tell a story about your life, your family, chosen or otherwise, who you end up connected with. This can take place any time after our previous story, uh, learning about ourselves uh, and our ability to talk our way out of trouble in abandoned places. Can you tell a story, one of you remaining two unthroned aspects? about a significant person in the hero's life, someone who had a real impact on them and is likely or possibly still in their life to this day. This could be Gavin, or this could be a yet undetermined NPC. And to give us a little framing on this, Tass, will you say stop this time? I shall. Say one. Stop. The Ace of Cups. Having pure love. Pure, unvarnished, the good stuff, head over heels, Tweety Birds around your head. Cupid Zero in your ass, love. I can pull more details if we want another card, but if you feel it, go ahead and grab it.
2: A first serious girlfriend, um, and a time that we were downtown for like a grown up date night, even though we weren't super grown up yet, um, and we had all these plans, and it just started pouring rain, and it absolutely destroyed all of the plans, uh, and we squirreled away into just a local coffee shop to get out of the rain, and ended up being there for hours while we waited out the storm, but it was the best time we ever spent together.
4: Jake, will you name this character? Catherine. Catherine. Now, uh, again, I just want to remind you, we can all have different takes on Catherine. You're all different sets of opinions and feelings, and they need not all align. This is a game in which the fun can start when the rogue backstabs the paladin, and it might come in the form (laughs) of being, I don't want to be in that relationship.
3: I think from, like, the clinical side of affection, that we sort of fell for her because it was someone that was teaching us stuff. Like that there's this idea of having enjoyed mentoring others and, you know, spreading that knowledge and and helping out. But Catherine was always the one that had something for us and showed us something new and taught us something. And it was just exciting to be near her for that reason.
0: Yeah, I think that idea of her teaching us and having the opportunity to just learn something new with every conversation. Um, I also think she had the best laugh we'd ever heard and making her laugh was the best feeling ever. Uh, So just learning something new and being with somebody who is excited to share that knowledge and learn from us, it was just every day was and adventure and excitement and just had no idea what it was going to be. And I think, you know, that idea of, oh, it's raining, the date is ruined, that that could easily be a way that it was perceived. But being with somebody that didn't see it as, oh, now the evening's gone. Mm. Now it's this is an opportunity for us to do something that we didn't plan in a positive way was really great.
4: Did you ever end up in a photo booth with this human? Yes. Got to have had some romantic like a rectangular stripe of pure romance seems to exist in this context very nicely.
2: Yeah. I think that strip of photos and like the notes she wrote for us and the pictures she drew for us and the laughter make up a bulk of the things that play in my gallery. Mm. Like that she was just such a foundational part of who, who we are, who the hero is nowadays that like among Scorsese films and like Baroque masterpieces are the little I love yous that she wrote on napkins for us. Mm.
0: Yeah, she definitely has a booth in <laughs> the burger joint.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, that enthrones the Empress as the throne of cups. You get some gifts too. You get plus one in your cup suit stat on the opposite side of your aspect sheet. You're a little better at the skills of. Composure, which you're trained in, controlling yourself. Expression, using your emotions to um, affect people through art and speech. And connection, your ability to read people. Um, You don't train a skill, but you do get this critical choice. You can take an NPC that we have made and add a bunch of bonds with them. Eight bonds, which makes them attached with us attached npcs are people that trust you so deeply that when the weird crazy supernatural stuff starts happening they are willing to go with you they love you that much so this could be gavin uh, or this could be Catherine. if we want her to still be a friend and still be part of our life the choice is yours as the throne of cups jake uh
2: who would you pick man that's a great question i was i've been imagining both of these people as sort of like two ships passing type figures and in, in our life that like you know they're both somebody from the past so now I love the idea of is this still like a love interest or maybe like not a love interest but like we were so close for so long that we're still tight even though we aren't together anymore or is Gavin just an out of the past ride or die (laughs) because it feels like
1: from the story that that you told about you know her being a first girlfriend I I get this image of like because she feeds so many elements that like the one thing that for whatever reason she wouldn't or couldn't leave town. And like mm. we knew we couldn't do whatever it is we wanted to do in this town. And so like that's the thing that keeps us apart, but that connection could still be there even though there is a is a distance.
2: Yeah, I like that. I'll I'll go with Catherine.
1: I've
4: added a bunch of bonds to Catherine on her sheet. As we play the game, these will come into play. You'll make more uh, you'll take them away. Um, this is how we'll measure the way you feel about this NPC, and how much you feel comfortable asking them for and help. At the end of this third section, this is the time to take a look at the back side of your sheet at those sibling relationships. Because now you are in relationship with each other. You have a space you share. You see each other's way. You don't always like it. Feel free to fill in the blanks with the names of the other aspects. For example, the Hierophant, the Fool, the Empress, etc. Some of them have a bold choice to make, you can circle one. Or both. Or you can make up your own. These are here to help you get into a flow of relationship with one another. Both who is aligned and on what, and who is in
1: conflict. Uh, Rev, will you tell us about the magicians? The power possessed by the Empress is to be respected. Um, I think the catalog of all the stuff that she keeps in her space and is able to reference like, has inspired so many great thoughts and creations. Um when the fool is in control, <laughs> it usually means disaster for my plans. I don't think because the fool has anything against what it is that I'm trying to do, but I imagine that a lot of the fool is that aspect that the magician needs but doesn't want to acknowledge because the <laughs> fool makes them take a break and do fun things. Um, but it usually means that like the timing of how I think something's going to work out is going to fall apart if the fool's in control. Um, and then I feel the most kinship with the hierophant, um, I think because of that shared desire for uh, knowledge to create that it is a, you know, it is the snake eating its own tail. We need each other to accomplish this kind of shared idea. Love it. Tass, we you read yours for the Hierophant?
3: Yes. Um, I admire the Empress. I feel like there's this feeling of wanting to teach doesn't matter if no one is willing to learn. And so that ability to connect to them emotionally is extremely important and admirable when the fool is in control, I worry they will act contrary to my institution. (laughs) Hmm. And I don't even know that I necessarily think that that's bad. I think that it's a balance thing. I think it's very clinical in that way of like, okay, well, we're going off script because we need this now, you know, we need the whimsy as opposed to what I've been doing. (laughs) Uh, And then the magician is an instrument of powerful cosmic forces, even if they don't know it. Um, I think is the, The aspect here that is practical, I'm the one that is implementing the knowledge, but the source of learning and knowledge is the most important thing, and I I hold that in high regard. Love it. Interesting. I love that.
2: I adore the magician. The magician is creative, and creativity leads to creation, and creation leads to beauty. The fool delights me. When they do, I reward them by showing them a supercut of my new favorite laughs, (gasps)
3: <gasps> oh, oh, what a lovely supercut! <laughs>
1: in two sentences, Jake almost made each of us cry. <laughs>
2: uh, and the hierophant falls in love like I do. Um, I don't know that the hierophant would describe themselves that way. Uh, and I don't <laughs> know that I know that it's true. But I feel like I get that vibe <laughs> off of like the way that the hierophant is passionate about what they're passionate about. That I'm like, that's that's a love, and it is deep and. I feel like it reflects the love that I feel.
1: Three for three. Tra- yeah. Trying to make us cry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Megan, will you tell us about the full sibling relationships?
0: Yes. Okay. So for me, I have, I love to get a laugh out of the magician. I think, especially something that presents as a machine, a clockwork being, and, you know, focuses on the brain, the heart, the gut, like just breaking through some of that and getting it to just focus on joy and laughter is very satisfying for me. Sometimes I just ignore the Hierophant because (laughs) they don't get me. (laughs) Like, just if what we're wanting clashes against each other, I'm just like, I didn't hear anything. (laughs) And when the Empress is in control, it means I am getting what I want. Someone that is, you know, focused on beauty and the, like, joy in life itself plays really well into uh, you know the capacity for wonderment and experiencing new exciting things and how joyous that is uh, works really well with
4: me cool you seem rather harmonious to end out our cup section to end out this third section you get some gifts jake you get plus one in your cup suit stat you named your npc that you got those bonds with And you get these options as well. You can skip them, or you can choose to take one in order to more deeply specialize yourself. You can mark minus one in one of your offsuit stats, and in exchange, all players will start with seven powers instead of six at the start of the game. Or you can make yourself stronger, and minus one, two offsuit stats to make your cups plus two, thereby letting your loving light shine a little brighter. Or you could skip.
2: Um, I will take minus one in swords to grant everybody an additional power.
4: Great. Last section. We know who the Throne of Pentacles will be. For your patience, task, you'll get a little bit more as a reward for your Hierophant. You'll tell us some important things about where we begin. At this point, you are a fully formed entity. You're sophisticated. You know how to share the hero. You know whose strengths are best in what situations and whose weaknesses might hold you up. You've built a life of some kind in some amount. You could be just embarking as a student, or you could be already professionalized, or you could be retired. This last story can take place any time in our hero's life after the previous. And it's a story about your world, the place you find yourself, the network you're in, what you do and who you do it with. It could be about telling me where you are geographically, or it could be about telling me what you do professionally, or what sort of found family you find yourself in. But in either case, let's draw out one more prompting card to tell one last story. Uh, Jake, I think you're the only one who didn't stop one of these. Will you stop this one? Sure. Say when. Stop. The Two of Swords. It is depicted a sword tied to a pen. In its classic form in the RWS deck, this is a symbol of preparation, of stillness in the mind, of projecting ahead to the future and how you're going to use your skills and solve your problems. And it is depicted by a woman blindfolded holding two crossed swords. In this image, those swords are... Represented one as a sword and one as a pen, tied together, showing your interest in letting your voice do some work for you. Is any of that inspirational to you about where you find yourself in the world before our stories start? Happy to pull more details if you.
3: Yeah, can we, can we do another? Like, I think I'm on the verge of something, but I just kind of want to see what happens when we add more into the mix.
4: Of course. Use as much or as little as what you see. Say okay. stop when you're ready. Stop. The Four of Cups, which is... A bit of a spillage. It's not being able to quite appreciate what you have in front of you. It's thinking a lot about this moment, which may not be so good. Um, that sort of apathy, that sort of inability to appreciate the big picture is a part of slightly losing control of your emotions. Any that inspirational with what you see?
3: Yeah, like, I'm like I'm getting the image of this, like, a work site where this, this person is both the head of building something, but also working with youngsters or students or volunteers that are here to learn how to build stuff so whether this is like building a school for people in an area where you know they might not have had access to one something like that and this kind of apathy and disappointment that that element of it is because we have like just enough to build the bare bones basic but not enough to make it what we know it could be that it would you know bring the most potential to those we're trying to help here so it's this element of yeah I'm going to be able to teach the people that are with me how to do this but all they're seeing is the basics and then what's going to be built when we're done isn't going to be what could really help those here and so there's just that mix of we're doing it and and we have the opportunity but there's just always that little bit of a but with whether it's budget or you know red tape in the area that we're making this attempt and so on.
4: Let's add detail to it as a group. Are we um, part of a mission? Are we part of the Peace Corps? Are we um, like what are the details around these places we're building and the growing apathy we feel
1: in our heart for our inability to do more? I got this image of building the like test pods for what they want to use to colonize Mars. Like, that we're trying to build those things on Earth, but as with what Tass had said, that, like, it's not exactly right because we don't have all of this. It's, like, almost like we're trying to build, like, a secondary training facility or something for some greater structure that exists, but we can't Duplicate to train people because of funds and all that stuff.
4: I see that as testing and exploring science and creation, definitely. But I also got the sense from your story task that there is an aspect of this that is philanthropic in some way. That you are trying to bring people in to help them in that too. Is that part of this as well?
3: Yeah, I I feel like that's certainly a part of it. And I mean, two things can be true that this is sort of a an environmental thing. That's like, hey, if if we can build this and it works. This isn't what we're going to pack up and take. Like, we'll have to build new stuff in a different way that will be packed away onto a rocket ship to go up. So these will exist and will be able to be of use to people that might not have had these facilities otherwise.
0: And if it's, like, testing the conditions, if it's not right, it could be disastrous. So there's a lot of Mm. pressure that comes along with that because it's potentially endangering lives.
1: Hitting the philanthropy side of that, maybe it's even a, a small adjustment to that initial ramble that I had of, like, Instead of maybe the whole place, maybe is it like the water filtration system that this could be built to help people here and we're building them to test and then they will go.
2: Yeah, like this is this is good in both regards, but we're really like we've seized an opportunity to make something better that is necessary here by making something necessary for a, a not essential purpose. Yeah, I like that. Like the, that's yeah. the kind of
1: heartbreaking part is that. We can't just make them for these people.
2: Nobody will give us money to do it for the people who currently need it. Yeah. yeah. but will give
1: us money to do it for the mission to Mars.
2: We got <sighs> it.
3: That's it. Y'all are brilliant. Yeah. That's really interesting.
4: And it actually gives all of you different reasons you might want to participate in that. You know, whether it's solving the mechanical issues and feeling the like spark of brilliance around that or the capacity to know that your technology could give water to people throughout the world. That's very interesting. I love that.
0: And I'm just like, let's go to a space. <laughs> I think
4: you've got the best reason for this. Yeah. All right, your gifts, Tas, that you get to choose at this phase. One of them is like a very versatile skill. It's your vocation. You choose the exact way you professionally interface with the world, and it is relevant in tests we make, just like the trained skills that you all share. What is the vocation of our hero?
3: I'm trying to put it into words. I'm sure. I'm sure this sort of thing actually exists, but I don't know what it's called, but like an experimental engineer or, you know, the person that takes these ideas and tries to, to build them in a way that, you know, well, we think that'll work in this other environment or this uh, experimental situation.
4: Let's go with, um, research engineer. Does that feel right to you? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old are you at the start of our story, Tess? What is our age? 40. Love it. And now your gifts. As with the others, you get a plus one in your pentacles suit stat. You've chosen our vocation. You may choose one of these two optional gifts, or you may skip it. A minus one in an off suit in order to add a modifier to your research engineer, like famous, well-resourced. Something to make it even a little more potent should you choose to use your research engineering com- connections to get something done or to solve a problem. Uh, if you do that, you have to mark minus one in one of your offsuit stats. Or you can make your pentacle stat plus two and take two minus ones each in a different offsuit stat. Or you can
3: skip. I definitely think I want to take the minus one in something else and add that tag. The first thing that popped into my head was well-respected. But like I'm not sure exactly if that's quite what I'm what I'm thinking like
1: we've we've made something before that has been used
3: so yeah like
2: reliable proven ooh I love it which one do you like proven seems like it captures yeah.
0: that's good
4: a proven research engineer great
3: uh and after that choice I will take uh, my minus one in wands great we have two more questions
4: and that will end this hero creation you are now fully formed you know who each other are we know where we are beginning. Those two questions are, what is your name and what are your pronouns? I have been listening as we've been telling stories and I have not heard anyone gender or hero yet. Otherwise, I would be suggesting at this point, it seems that you have agree- agreed together on say he, him or he, they or whatever.
3: I don't know exactly why. Nobody said anything uh, otherwise, but I have been picturing this as a woman the entire time.
4: Let's trust that impulse uh, and say she uses she, her pronouns. Cool. Okay. Last question. What's her name? For the person who is willing to answer this most difficult question, I'll give you one bonus psyche at the start of the game.
0: Her name is Violet.
4: Violet. The proven research engineer. I love it. We've made a complex and interesting person. You're at home when you hear the knock. Let's say that you have a condo. You're very successful. It's a nice condo. But it's unusual to get a knock. It would normally be a buzz. A ring on your phone. Someone indicating that there's someone at the prescribed correct location to be greeted into your place, which is outside at the gate where the camera can show you who they are. Maybe it's a neighbor, but that hasn't happened before. This place is full of people who are successful, and they are rarely there. Let's see who's in control when we start our game. Uh, Rev, will you say stop for me? Stop. Uh, the throne of wands is the fool. You're the first one in control. You will speak as the hero. You are Violet right now. They can still talk to you, and we can return the action inside the mind anytime we want, but for now, it's you in control while that knocking is happening at your door.
0: I go over to the door and I look through the people.
4: Outside is a slim man with a very severe jawline. He appears to be in his late 20s, very buttoned up. Uh, He has a shirt, a tie, and then oddly, like an old-timey brown holstery-looking thing. Is this guy a cop? Something like that.
0: I open the door but I leave the chain lock latched so it can't open all the way.
4: A smirk greets you from the other side. He says, How you doing? Sorry to disturb you. Um I have a question, um and maybe a couple follow up questions. Uh you have a minute to answer a few?
0: Well that depends. Who are you?
4: I'm Stone. I'm an authority figure, he says, flashing a badge that for a moment uh, appears to have maybe one more letter than you should expect an authority figure's badge to have. There's something like almost disregardedly unclever about whatever this attempt is. It feels like something's off. Um, let's make a test of it to sort of learn how to play the game. In this game, there are active tests and there are passive tests. I'm calling for this one, so it's a passive test. It's the world trying something out on you and seeing if you catch it or not. When you make up your own strategies and put them into play, that's an active test. That's you against the world. On a passive test, you want from this deck, this lesser deck of the cards from ace to 10, you want a low number, an ace to five. But this is a passive test of perception. You're trained in perception, so you get plus one. Now it gets easier, ace to six. What's your sword's suit stat, fool? You're in control while this is happening.
0: Uh, I have a zero in swords.
4: Great. So in a passive test... You can't really try stuff. You're frozen in the moment, reacting to the world. And this is a passive test of your perception to see if you notice something about him that I can give you some clues about. Let's see how it works. Will you tell me when to stop, Megan? Stop. A six of pentacles. That is a success because it's within your range of ace to six. And a six of pentacles means generosity, giving something away. You get from this guy Um, Not only is he trying to pull a fast one, he got in here somehow in a way that you can't quite put your finger on, but he reminds you of a guard that worked at an event, a charity event that you were at once. Um, a charity event that where you were called to be something of a speaker after you were first published and after people began to know your name on Reddit. Uh, and this guard wound up stealing uh, something from this event. And so just for some flicker of a moment, there's an instinctive primal part of you that is connected by that thought. This guy is trying to swindle you out of something.
0: This seems fishy. Something's definitely up here.
2: I love his moxie, though. I love what a creative gambit this is.
1: The element of trying to appear authoritative by saying I am an authority figure. Not very clever. He's driven
2: though. He wants to
3: get his
1: hands on something.
2: See if you can get him to spin any more of this narrative. I want to hear what he can come up with.
1: His badge was not spelled correctly.
2: <laughs> yeah, did that say F D I not think that's it. A...
0: <laughs> yeah, he definitely didn't put a lot of work into this, but I do kind of want to know why he's here.
3: I am
4: going to put your control up for grabs because we've had a test. You're still in control, but any other aspect may announce at any time that they'd like to take control. And then the photo will be printed, and control is theirs. He smiles and says, uh, I have questions about um identity theft and Throd. Uh, do you happen to know? And then he says, Gavin's full name. Oh, <gasps> When's the last time you've seen uh, this Gavin? I can tell from your face, he says. I feel like I uh, mentioned a name that you happen to know.
0: Well, that depends. What did he do?
4: Well, as I said, it was um, a case of identity theft and fraud uh, several counts he says
0: which direction
4: well i wouldn't be here if he were in the victim direction may i uh come in my name's stone i wouldn't mind talking to you about this for a few minutes and then i'll get out of your hair i want to
1: step forward and try to take control
4: you're in control magician your face is printed on the photos and you see yourself confirmed in the spot that says that you run violet now i'd like to see that badge again first he says ah of course happy to show it to you and he pulls his wallet up And as he does, he holds it in such a funny way that the light glimmers on it and flashes across your eyes, momentarily blinding. And then, oddly, you're walking in your hallway with him behind you towards your kitchen, the door closed.
3: What?
1: tarot-driven role-playing game, fusing the essence of tarot with genuine RPG mechanics to make each flip of a card as satisfying as the roll of a D20. Divination RPG is now live on Kickstarter, and you can find the link in the show notes.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
1: Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds.
0: Really, Big Monster? Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word?
1: The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends, eaten by wolves in space.
0: There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze.
1: This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that?
0: Because you're having a cigarette? In 415 million B.C.? Where are we? Space?
1: Can you narrow that down?
0: The bad part?
1: Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app, or just go to weopenat6.com.